Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Let's carry on with the now fellowship and then we can pray. Say, nope, 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 because this ain't nobody but the enemy trying to tear down what God is doing. We're going to pray right now. No, I'm not going to say another word. Let's pray. And then I got to pray, and I go, oh, yeah. Lord, you know, and I'm like, Then it's my turn to pray. Lord, forgive her. (laughs) It's all about the right king. Go to Jerusalem, it's about the right king. Even in your own life, think about it like this. You know, oftentimes people say, you know, man, I need to get it together. I need to get it together. No, actually, listen, you don't need to get it together. Actually, what you need to do is find the right king, and then he'll get you together. They'll find the right king, and then they'll get you together. That's the problem. See, we think we need to get ourselves together, and so we work, and we sweat, and we perspire, and we try to make it happen. And it doesn't happen if you go to the king and you get the right king and you just go to him with all your baggage, with all your luggage, with all your problems, then he'll take all of that and he'll fix your situation. I always tell you the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And the matter of the heart is finding the right king. The victory is depending on you getting to the right king. King, you'll get victory over your stronghold. Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I love verse seven. Verse seven. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold just like that. You know, Alan Redpath said this, and I love this statement. Alan Redpath said, "On the same principle, King Jesus conquers all strongholds when he becomes king over our lives. Territory that should have been given to him long ago is now conquered." I want to say to you in the name of the Lord Jesus that there is no habit that has gone so deep, but that the power of the blood of Jesus can go deeper. And there is no entrenchment. I'll wait while you clap your hands. Go ahead. And there is no entrenchment of sin that has gone so far, but the power of the risen Lord by the Holy Spirit can go farther. So. The Jebusites, in verse 8, let's move forward. The Jebusites thought the fortress was so impregnable or invincible that they could leave the blind and the lame to guard it. And David said, whoever climbs up the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, he's going to be my main man. He's going to be my chief captain. Well, we know who that was. It was Joab. Well, verse 9, David built all around from Milo and inward. A Milo, listen, is a system of stepped walls. A system of stepped walls. Verse 10, David dwelt in the stronghold and called it the city of David. So if you grab a map and you look at Zion, 
um, is in the lower part of the city. South of the Temple Mount, it was on the east side of the Kidron Valley that David built there because it was hard to get to and heavily guarded. Again, everybody had to come from the north, so a fortress was built there. Look at verse 11. In the Hebrew language, look at verse 11. Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees. He sent carpenters and masons, and they built David a house. In the Hebrew, it reads, David went going and growing. David went going and growing. That should be an epithet for every single Christian. We are going and we are growing. David grew great and the Lord was with him. King Hiram honored David, probably heard David brought together all of Israel. We're not sure, but it's good diplomacy for one king to acknowledge another. And so Hiram sends a messenger to David and he sends cedar trees. You've heard of the cedars of Lebanon, haven't you? The cedars of Lebanon, that means that there were these big, beautiful trees, and he sent carpenters and masons, and they built David a palace in Jerusalem, and David is in a good place at this time. And he, and, and, and he felt that this was the Lord establishing him as king over Israel. Remember, he spent many, many years running from Saul, probably wondering if the kingdom would ever be established. So in verse 12, he looks around and he sees God's hand has established the kingdom and God exalted the kingdom for the people's sake, not David. Now, how many of you know that just because something is written in the Bible doesn't mean that it's sanctioned by God? Huh? Or maybe y'all didn't pick that up. Just because something is written in the Bible does not mean that it is sanctioned by God. Did y'all not hear me? Uh, put your hand up if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. With that, these are the facts. Look at verse 13. David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem. That was not God's will. That was not sanctioned by God. We made this point when we were talking about the guy who said he killed Saul versus whether he was just saying he killed Saul, which part of the scriptures was right, 1 Samuel 31 or 1 Samuel chapter 1, we talked, or 2 Samuel chapter 1, we talked about that, that just because something is written in the scriptures does not mean that it is God's word. It's telling us, because it's written in the scripture, that this is what happened, that this is a fact, that this is true. Well, what happened is David, although God didn't sanction it, David took for himself more wives and more concubines from Jerusalem when he came from Hebron. And God didn't put a stamp of approval on that. Also, more sons and daughters were born to David. Look at verse 14. It's the list of the names of those born to David in Jerusalem. Now, Deuteronomy 17, 17, God said, when you come into the land, you're going to want a king like the other nations around you. God said, and when that happens, you should not choose a stranger. Are y'all listening? You should not choose a stranger or a foreigner to rule over you. Whoever you pick to be king, I don't want him to multiply horses. Solomon did that. Whoever you pick to be king, I don't want him to gather him gathering gold. Solomon did that. Deuteronomy 17, 17, neither shall he multiply wise for himself, lest his heart turn away. David did that. 
And maybe David is thinking, this is addition, not multiplication. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't there. I'm just telling you. Fast forward. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Just fast forward. Listen to me. 2 Samuel chapter 11. The Bible tells us it was that time of year when the kings go out to battle and the Bible tells us, get this, look at me, look at me. The Bible tells us that David stayed in Jerusalem. So it was that time of year when the kings go out to battle, but David is chilling in the palace drinking lemonade while all the others are out fighting on the field. While David is, is chilling at the palace, he goes out on the roof, he takes a look over to the right, and he sees a lady named Bathsheba taking a bath. And therein begins a series of trouble for David. But the one thing I want you to understand, that it was the time when the kings went out to fight and David is relaxing. This is why, saints, we have to be careful when things are going well that you can't let your guard down. And you can't skip. When things are going well, you get, you know what, honestly, for me, when things are going well, I get nervous. Just this half of the room? Amen. Well, I talk to y'all then. Don't you get get nervous? I get nervous. I was just telling a friend the other day, I said, you know, things are going really well at Calvary Chapel right now. I'm, I'm really feeling it. It's going really nice. Everything's really, really nice. People are coming to church, and it's nice. People are nice. I mean, not that they haven't always been nice, but... They're like seem extra nice right now, I guess. I don't know. Somebody sent me a, um, go to our Facebook, you'll see it. I, I think I tried to get it there. Uh, somebody sent me, someone came to our church, a person came to our church. I love this article. They came to our church, and uh, it was their first time here, and they literally wrote about every single aspect of this ministry. Did y'all see it on Facebook? I put it on Facebook. Did y'all see? They wrote every single aspect of the ministry. I loved it. Especially the part where they said the pastor was a great teacher. <laughs> they, then they said he tends to, they said every now and then he'd go off on a tangent, they said. <laughs> they said he'd go off on a tangent. But he would come right back to the word of God. I said, that's right. That's all right. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. I want to know the truth. Look, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see the church with fresh eyes. I've been past that. I can't see the church with fresh eyes. I cannot. Because I'm in it. I'm here. But when somebody who's never been here before walks in the door and they say, oh, well, somebody greeted me and they were very warm. If you read the article, you, you see it was lengthy. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this person really has a lot of time. <laughs> I was I was honestly, I was pretty amazed. And, and it was really well done. It wasn't. It was very honest. I love that. It was honest. And, and, and they talked, she talked, I think it was a she, talked about that it was, was it a she? 
okay, that, that they, uh, they were warm, people were warm, and she was very surprised at the diversity in the church, and uh, very surprised at uh, um, uh, uh, how when uh, I didn't say, as she said most churches do, say, shake your neighbor's hand, I said, give your neighbor a hug. She said she loved that. And 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 I, I love it too. I think honestly, look, we're we're believers, we're brothers and sisters. It, you know, if hugging weirds you out, then no, no. I mean, I don't want to say that. That's what y'all said, okay? <laughs> what they said was get over it. That's not what I want to say. What I'd like to say is get used to it. There you go. That's better. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm not a, uh, you shake the hand person, hi, how are you? Hey, uh, that's, 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 not, that's not me. I mean, I, I'm just not, I'm not feeling that, so whatever. I mean, you know, I think we, we're brothers and sisters. We should be able to hug each other. And, and it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. It was just wonderful. But, you, but, but when things are going well, you, you can't skip. You can't, you can't let your guard down. That's the point. You cannot let your guard down. You got to keep your guard up. You got to stay ready. You got to continue with devotion. You got to continue to worship. Worship is important because worship gets your heart ready for the word of God. Somebody say amen. And David is in a good place right now. And he's being blessed by God right now and honored by kings, but his guard is down and he starts to fail. You know, C.H. Spurgeon said the seeds of our future failures are sown in our success. The seeds of our future failures are sown in our success. You know, it's almost like when, when, when it's foggy and raining and you're driving really careful because and, and, the conditions are right for an accident. And you're driving slower and you're driving more careful and, you know, you're not checking your cell phone, which you shouldn't be doing anyway, but you're not checking your cell phone. But on the other hand, when it's a beautiful day and your guard is down, you're driving, you're checking your cell phone, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. But, you do, you know, you're just kind of chilling, changing the radio station, your guard is down. The seeds of our future failures are often sown in our successes. That's exactly what's happening to David. God is raising him up and his guard is down and he's falling and it's going to affect him as a man and as a father and as a king. Look at verse uh, 17 through 25. We're coming for a landing. Now, when the Philistines heard that um, they had anointed king, anointed David king over Israel. All the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. And so David went to Baal, Parazim, and David underlined that Baal or Baal, people pronounce it, Parazim. And David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of the water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal, Baal, Parazim. And they left their images there. And David and his men carried them away. And then the Philistines went up once again, and they deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. 
And therefore David inquired of the Lord again, and he said, God said, you shall, are y'all with me? Not go up, circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Gibba as far as Gezer. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. So the Philistines heard that David and was king and all the Philistines had come to see David and David heard of it and he went to the stronghold. They're probably in the area of the En Gedi. And the Philistines also came and they deployed or they spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim several miles south of Jerusalem. David, notice in verse 19, inquired of the Lord and said, God, do you want me to go up to the Philistines? God, will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said, go up, for I will doubtless, meaning no big deal, deliver the Philistines into your hands. Now, I love this because David is saying, Lord, you gave us the nation. You gave us Jerusalem. Now, God, I need you to tell me what to do. Almost like David is saying, God, the Philistines are attacking your country and it's your kingdom. Listen, when the Philistines heard that the nations are united and that David had been anointed king over Israel, the Philistines went looking for David, and they knew him well. Don't you remember? He lived with them in Gath. He fought with King Achish. Are y'all with me? So David is in Jerusalem, and all the tribes are gathered under David's reign, and now a giant is awakened. Notice in verse 20 and 21, David went to Baal-perazim, And he defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of the waters. Therefore, he called the name of the place Baal-perazim. And they left their images. Look at verse 21. They left their images or their gods. And David and his men carried them away. Now, isn't that interesting? They left their gods. I guess they forgot their gods couldn't run. Amen. Man, if your God can't run, you had a wrong God. If your God needs to run, you have a wrong God. If your God runs faster than you, or you run faster than your God, then you got the wrong God. So they left their images, and David and his men carried them away. And First Chronicles 14 tells us they burned them. If you can burn your God and pile them up, then you have the wrong God. David said, the Lord has broke through like a breakthrough of the waters. Verse 22, the Philistines went up once again and deployed, spread themselves in the same valley. Now listen, the valley of Rephaim is right under the walls of Jerusalem. The Philistines occupied this area for years, although they had no right. Israel had been trying to get them out for years. Again, now they have the right king. Watch this. Once, now that they have the right king, now they can immediately, and they will immediately, recapture the stronghold. But here's the lesson. Whenever you have the right king in the right place, The enemy freaks out. Same is true for your life. That's why whenever you become a Christian, bad stuff happens to good people. Isn't it true? 
When Jesus sets up his kingdom in your life and you start getting rid of all of those old strongholds of sin, the enemy launches a massive attack and spreads out to get back that stronghold, to regain those areas in your life that he lost. And that's exactly what the Philistines are doing here. They want this area back and uh, that they had as a stronghold for decades. Look at verse 22. The Philistines went right back to the same place, the same valley. And then verse 23 tells us David inquired of the Lord again. And God said, you shall not go up. Last time God said, go up. But this time God gives them a different battle strategy. God says, circle behind them and come up in front of the mulberry trees. And when you hear the sound of the marching of the top of the trees, if you're reading King Jimmy, it says, when you hear the sound of the going, that simply means when you hear the stirring or the rustling of the mulberry trees, then advance quickly because God is going to strike them. Now, hearing the sound of the mulberry trees, the ancient rabbis listen. They said that this was the movement of angels. They taught that this was the moving of the Lord's army ahead of David's army as you hear the sound of the rustling mulberry trees. It could simply mean um, mulberry leaves. If you've ever seen a mulberry tree, you know this to be true. Mulberry leaves are very light. And if a huge Philistine army comes marching by, you will know it from the blowing and the moving of the tree. You'll know it. But you know, I believe there's a word of application here for us. I believe the blowing of the trees speaks of a spiritual sound. And it's not talking about a, a human sound or a, a sound that you can hear with your ears. We're talking about an attentiveness and a sensitivity to the Lord's moving. You know, if we would slow down and be quiet sometimes, we would hear the wrestling in the trees. We would hear the wrestling in the wind. We would have direction. We would know which way to take. Some of us are asking God for answers, but we're too busy working it out ourselves. Can I encourage you? Listen for the wrestling in the wind. Listen for the wrestling in the trees. I want to close with this. Close with a couple of things that we can learn from Baal Perazine. Baal Perazine, you got your pen? I want you to write this down. It means the master of breakthrough. Belperazine means, oh, you already know where I'm going. Belperazine means the master of breakthrough or the Lord of breakthrough. So David defeated the Philistines at Belperazine. In other words, David could not have defeated them if it weren't the Lord, if it weren't for the Lord of breakthroughs. David could not have done it on his own. If God didn't get it done, it wouldn't have gotten done. God opened the breach like the breach of the waters in a dam. David had nothing to do with it. I think of Psalm 115.1. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name we give glory. Because of your mercy, because of your truth, the Lord has broken through. He's the God of breakthrough. Somebody say amen. And here's some lessons from Baal Perazine. Number one, God gets the credit for breakthroughs. Look at verse 20. The Lord has broken. God leads breakthroughs. 
David said, God broke through his enemies before me. God is the master of breakthroughs. Baal or Baal, Parazine means master of breakthrough. God leaves little gods in the dust. They left their images behind. God uses different breakthroughs. At one point, God told David to go. The next time, God told David, don't go. Here's what I want you to do. Do something different. In other words, yesterday's breakthrough is no assurance of today's victory. Did you hear me? Yesterday's breakthrough is no assurance of today's victory. God did it. Psalm 98, 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm has gotten him the victory. God did it, and we must acknowledge it. Listen, God will go before you, and God will make a breach for you, and God will continue to be the master of breakthroughs. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.